0: to see so many kids responding, and they'll never forget it. They'll never forget it. You know, they'll be 80 years old, and they'll remember what God did in their life at camp. Well, good morning, family. Um, We've been walking through this study, Navigating Life in Babylon, and Babylon represents um, the kingdom of men. And it's just the, the... uh, life without God and the the culture that pushes against the things of god and we live in that culture, and so do most of the people in the world, they live in a culture that is at you know in, in many ways uh, really contrary to the will and the ways of god and uh, and how do you navigate that if you 're a follower of god if you're, if you 're one who believes in the Lord and you desire to do things His way. How do you navigate life through that? And that's what we've been walking through. And today I want to talk about the power to really do that. And uh, we're we're in Daniel chapter four. Um, and and uh, because actually the the whole concept of Babylon comes from uh, the Babylonians, and when Israel was captured by the Babylonians and. King Nebuchadnezzar um, held captive these the many of the people uh, the Jews who were taken away out of uh, Jerusalem and away from their homeland and and he has already by this point in his in the story experienced God working and showing himself strong showing himself through. Um, uh, the the four Hebrew uh, children that were, well, we call them children, but the young adults who were living in his palace, and Daniel was one of them. And uh, in the fourth chapter is really a chapter of, of conversion. Uh, the king gets converted in this chapter. Now, he has seen God at work, but something dramatic happens in his life in this story, in this chapter, at this point in the story. And in chapter 4 and verse 1, I just want to read the beginning of it. It says, Nebuchadnezzar king to all the people's nations language that dwell on the earth. Now, this guy's literally the known world at that time. He is the king. He's the emperor. And, they, and all the nations, you know, uh, all the people really bowed to him. He's He's, a, he's got so much power. People call him a god. And uh, they, they see him that way. As, and, and he starts seeing himself that way. And something, something changes all that. Now he's telling the story. And he says, peace be multiplied to you. And then he, he tells us, uh, he's going he's gonna to look back at what had happened to him. He says, I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the most high God, I like that, the most high God has worked for me. So he's telling his testimony, basically. He says, how great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Now, when he started off, and up until this point in his life, he did not believe that. Um, but everything's going to change. And he says, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. And then he had this vision, had this dream and this vision that just set him off. It, it caused fear uh, to, you know, to uh, go through his body and experience this terror in his, as he saw this thing. Now, the, the, the vision that he saw, um, he didn't tell. And he, he asked, um, you know, all of his, his sorcerers and all of his wise men and everybody to try to tell him what his, you know, vision was and what happened, you know, what this dream was and what took place and what does it mean. And none of them could do it. They went through the whole, the whole bunch. And, uh, and then Daniel comes in to tell the story. And he had this dream about this tree, this massive tree that grew up and all this fruit on the tree and it fed all the animals and it fed all the people and this giant tree. And then from heaven comes a messenger that was told to cut down the tree but to leave the stump. And and what is that about? And in verse 9, Daniel um, was his Hebrew name, but Belshazzar was his Babylonian name. And so we pick up the story. He re- makes reference to Belshazzar. Belshazzar, chief of the musicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you. Now, he, he's made him the head guy, and he makes him the head guy because up until this point, he's already seen God at work in Daniel. And I want to focus in on that little phrase. I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you. I, I would like for people who don't know God to recognize that in me. I, that, that would be, I mean, to hear some, somebody say that, I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you. That, that my life would be so reflective of God that people would identify God. Those who don't know God would still identify that I am a person filled with God. And that's what happened. And God is speaking, by the way, to a man who is not, you know, a believer. He gives him a dream. He gives him a, a vision. He has kind of a knowledge of who God is, but he's not a believer at this time when this dream happens. And he said, "No secret troubles you. Explain to me the vision of my dream, and I have, have seen and its interpretation." Well, Daniel knows that this dream is a well. This is a dream that Nebuchadnezzar is going to eventually. He's going to be. He's going to be um, taken down by God, and he's actually going to go crazy. What's going to happen is he's going to eventually um, be eating grass like a donkey. And he's, and he's told by, and, he's, and Daniel gets his vision, and he knows what's, what God is saying. God is going to take him down. He's going to be eating grass for seven years before God restores him, and he's going to give the kingdom to him. He's going to preserve the kingdom for him, but this guy is going to be humbled more than humbled. Right? This is what's going to happen to this man that thinks he's the everything. And in fact, what happens is he, Daniel gives him some advice. He says, oh king, if you'll just, you know, live holy, you know, kind of live humbly, live holy, do good to the People and to the poor and help people and, and do do good, maybe God will extend your kingdom of blessing, you know, this time and season of your life. Extend it. It says a year later, though, he's sitting he's standing in his palace and he looks out over the, the country and he says, Look what I have done. I'm such a great man. Um, you know, the Bible says. Don't praise yourself, let others praise you. But he's, he's, he's praising himself, and he says, I've done this, and that's when it hits him. And within just uh, you know, moments, he is now gone crazy. And he's literally on the ground, and he's eating grass, and eventually he's out in the fields, and they don't know what to do with them. And the scripture says his fingers, you know, nails grow, and he becomes like an animal, and in, in, he loses his kingdom. But after seven years, God restores him. And all of a sudden, he comes to his right mind, and he's now in a place, and they accept him back. And his response to that um, is... That God, listen to what it says. It says, inasmuch as they gave command to leave the stump and the roots of the tree. I'm in verse 26. This is what Daniel says to him. Inasmuch as they gave command to leave the stump and the roots of the trees, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that heaven rules. He says, you'll get it back once you know. That God's on the throne. Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquity by, by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be lengthening of your prosperity. And then in verse 34, after this all happens. At the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven. And my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the most high. And praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand. Or say to him, what have you done? So. He has a come to Jesus moment, right? In that sense, he comes to God and he has this breakthrough in his life and, uh, and he begins to praise God. In fact, verse 36 says, at the same time, my, reason, my reasoning returned to me and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors, nobles restored to me. I was restored to my kingdom and ex- excellent majesty was added to me now I Nebuchadnezzar praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth, his ways justice, and those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. Most theologians believe that he'll be in heaven. I do too. I, I, th- this man was transformed because he had a testimony given to him by a man who was filled with the spirit. He was filled with the Spirit. And that's the, I kind of want to take that out for the rest of our time and talk about where it says about Daniel that the Spirit of the Holy God is in him. Because that is what made the difference in Daniel's life. Daniel not just navigated Babylon, he conquered it, He, 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 he walked in power. And one man changed the course of the entire direction of that empire because he, simply because, he was filled with the Spirit. What can be done when a person is filled with the Spirit? Now, Daniel was directed by the Holy Spirit. That's why he was, it was identified. He was directed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in in, in those in, in the time of Daniel would come upon people, would fill people at different times uh, in, in history. Well, not everybody, but in fact, the scripture actually identifies only a few people who are actually filled with the Holy Spirit. But that, that was the old covenant. In the new covenant, the Bible says that every follower of Christ, everyone who is born again, everyone who is a believer, the Holy Spirit comes into them and and unites with them. Everyone has the Holy Spirit who is a believer. It's not just periodic, everyone. And, uh, And the Holy Spirit does some amazing things. And one of the things he does for us is he is a guide, he guides us and he, he directs us in our life. And, and he, 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 he gives us, you know, at times just full insight like he would give Daniel. This is what to do in this situation. What, how do you operate? How do you respond? Think about what Daniel was facing when the emperor comes to him and says, I have this dream. Tell me what it means. And he knows he's going to tell the emperor, you're going crazy. That doesn't bode well with a, you know an almighty dictator you know who, who uh, can have your life just by snapping his fingers. And, and yet Daniel faced that and was able to make the right decision because he was filled with the Spirit. And that's what the Spirit, Holy Spirit does. He helps you make decisions, helps direct you in your life. When I was growing up, some of you would remember this. Many of you wouldn't even know what a Thomas Guide was. <laughs> a Thomas Guide was, a, it was a, a book book that was actually mapped. And you would go to the index and you'd find, try to find the location, what you're looking for, tell you what page to go to, and you'd open up the page and go, and, you know, and that's how you would find it. And then, and then you cut, kind of tried to navigate that. Well, now we have navigation systems right on our phone and uh and it 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 gives you direction tells you what i i love actually i love driving with my 90 year old dad because we'll get in the car and uh, and i'll put on you know the navigation system and and i it doesn't matter how many times it does this, whenever I put it on and and it says, you know, turn right in 500 feet, he goes, I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. It's amazing. I can't believe it. I'll put, I'll put like direction in, even though I know where I'm going, just to hear him go, I can't believe it. And I go, I know, Dad, us young guys, we we know how to handle this stuff. We We know how to work with this technology, you know. It's our generation, we just, we got it down. You know. But that's really what the Holy Spirit is to us, right? The Holy Spirit gives us direction in our life. And sometimes, you know, when he speaks to us, it's life transforming. And sometimes it's life saving. And I, I've seen this happen in a personal level. Many times, not only in my life, but in the life of even my, my family. I remember one of our daughters. My wife called me, and one of our daughters was having some stomach problems. She says she's really having some st- stomach pain, some lower stomach pain, and uh, says, "What you know?" She said, "What do you think? Should we, you know, what should we give her or whatever?" And uh, I remember when she, had, she she had mentioned that. You know, I, it's, it's, everybody has stomach pain, right, at, at times. You know, flu, who knows what that is. And I put the phone down, and then something, you know, it was that voice, you know. And you, you know the voice, you start to learn that voice as you start to grow in your relationship with God. And that voice said, get her to the hospital Now. So I remember talking, calling my wife and saying, "Take her to emergency." That that did, that was not that was not common sense. You know that that wouldn't be. She had a, well, we got she got it there. Happened the doctor was someone actually we knew, and uh, the doctor said she was just minutes away from her appendix bursting. That's still small voice. I can tell you story after story after story. Even in my, for me, physically and different things along those lines. I, I remember we were driving home from vacation, coming down. Um, we, we were in, coming from, from Utah with the family. And uh, and while we're driving, I can't remember was it Carolyn or Cindy. It was Carolyn. Carolyn woke up and said, I had a dream that our tire blew out. And I slowed down. And then, our tire, front tire blew out. And I was traveling pretty good. And if that would have happened, that front tire, who knows what would have happened. But the Holy Spirit does these wonderful things for us. As we're we're, we're being led by him. And he guides us and he directs us. Uh, in, in Exodus chapter 3, I'm 31, is the first time in the Old Testament that the Bible uh, talks about a man who was filled with the Spirit. And it wasn't Abraham, it wasn't Moses, it, w- it wasn't Adam, it was, it was a, a, a guy named Besalel, Beshelael, and the scripture says, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "See, I have called by name, by, by name, Besalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Holy Spirit of God, in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, in all manner of workmanship and design, artist works, to work in gold and silver, bronze, cutting jewels." For settings and carving wood to work in all the manner of workmanship. Now, this this guy that was filled with the Holy Spirit was a carpenter who was going to help lead the building or the putting together of the tabernacle of God. And so here he is, filled with the Holy Spirit to do what we would think, you know, a contractor's work. That's what he's doing. So all you, you know, carpenters and contractors know that the Holy Spirit will fill you to do your work, okay? Don't think any work is too menial for God to do something and and desire and give you empowerment for doing it. And this was for the temple. And he gave him detailed direction because as he was doing the work, the Holy Spirit would give him direction, Okay, move it a little bit here. Take it and change it a little bit here. And it's extremely detailed how God wanted the tabernacle. Say, what does that have to do with the Holy Spirit in my life? Everything. Because see, you are the temple or tabernacle of God. And God is going to dwell in you because as he dwelt in the tabernacle with Moses, he is dwelling in you. And he has a detailed plan. And sometimes we look at the plan of God working out in our life, changing us and transforming us, and go, God, that's, you know, that's, do we really need to do that? And God is going, oh, yeah, we need that. That door needs to move two inches to the right. But it's just fine right there. No, no, it isn't fine. It needs to move two inches to the right. Well, Lord, I know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. Yes, you, you, we need to move you a little bit this direction. But what about, no, we need to change that. What about this relationship? We're going to fix that one there. Well, God, this is just a little habit that I have. It's, it's not a real bad habit. Uh, I have to live in there. And so God is making adjustments in our life because he has to live here. And and God is very picky when it comes to that. He wants a picture just at the right place on the wall. And when it comes to our life, God is working in us. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit transforms us and changes us for our benefit and for his. And he's working in your life. And sometimes he has to put pressure on you to make transformation. Sometimes it's, it's small. It's, in fact, sometimes it's just enticing. Much of the change in my life has happened simply because I've been enticed by God to change. He's changed some of the things simply because my appetites have changed. When I, got filled, when, when I accepted Christ and I got the Holy Spirit in my life, he, two things dramatically happened. And one of them had to do with God convicting me. But the other one happened where God started wooing me with good stuff. You know? Have you ever had something for the first time and you said, wow, why have I waited so long? You know, I remember um, we were, I was, uh, uh, Carol and I were in Chicago with some friends. Uh, it was a pastor of the pastor's conference. And we went to this restaurant. Our friends said, hey, we're going to take you out. We're going to go to a restaurant and we're going to do something good. So he he had worked in the area and he knew where this one restaurant was. It was called Shulas, and it was actually um, the football coach's restaurant. And it was fairly late. We'd gotten in there. And so I ordered a steak. He said, Get there. He said, Their steaks are the best. I ordered a steak. I don't even remember what steak it was. All I remember is it was a steak like I had never tasted in my life before. It melted. I mean, you didn't have to chew it. You could suck it with a straw. <laughs> this was an amazing piece of me, and I'd never experienced anything like it before. And so, all of a, su- you know, all of a sudden, I entered into a whole new arena. It, th- the only problem was, going back to, you know, Sizzlers just wasn't the same anymore. You know, and having a McDonald's hamburger was not, everything you know, had changed from that day because I knew what there was. And, and sometimes what, that's what God does in our life. We have experiences with God and the Holy Spirit comes into our life and we get to enjoy him and sense him. And we really, op- if we open up our heart to him, truly open up, not, no no, with, no resistance but totally open up our heart to God, well, we start to taste that steak that we never knew existed. That's why the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And you start to experience it, and that is a way in which God moves you and transforms you and and starts starts redecorating in, in your life for him. But let me just kind of just some things for you to just grab hold on right And so I can finish things off here. Um, About God remodeling his house. And um, there's there's just five things real quickly. First of all he convicts you of sin. And we see this that Daniel and his his friends remember in the first story how they they um, were eating the, the king's food and they just they had to they they got convicted of doing that says we don't want to do that we're not going to eat of the king's food anymore because the king was asking to eat things that went against what their, um, what they were commanded in the Old Testament and so they were convicted And when you're a Christian, and this will determine, if you want to know, if somebody goes, well, how do I know I'm a Christian? Well, I'll tell you one way you know is because the Holy Spirit starts convicting you of things that you didn't get convicted of before. And the Holy Spirit starts, in other words, what happens is sin becomes less and less pleasurable in your life. You become... Well, I just say it this way. When you come to Christ, you are ruined as a sinner. He just ruins you. And, and it's, it, it, he, the, the pressure comes in and God, something changes and that what you used to really enjoy in sin, well, there, there's still pleasure in sin. There's no doubt about that. The Bible says so. But it's pleasure for just a, a moment. It's seasonal. It's you know it's like eating strawberry shortcake with cyanide on it it's a it's a killer but it the the fact is that sin become the taste of sin starts to bitter and all of a sudden and it happens immediately it start the process starts that's really how you know you know does that mean Christians don't sin well i wish i could say that right don't you wish you could say, I don't sin anymore because I got, became Christian? That's not the case. But you do know this. If you sin, you feel it. And when you, it, it, when you ignore it, it gets worse. And sometimes when it gets bad enough and you still determine, you, you, know, you want the pleasure of it over, you'll have to walk away from God. You have, you have to get far, far away from God. Because when you get close, you feel it again. And it's God saying, no, I'm dwelling in this place and I'm going to dwell in a house that I'm comfortable in. And so you cannot operate in that. You're going to have to repent. You're going to have to turn to God. And God blesses. And, and so there's this drawing from God Taste and see that the Lord is good. And there is this, you know, God, like, like if God, God's here, God's drawing us this way, and he's on the other side pushing us. I want you over here. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. John sixteen eight says, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment. And, uh. And if we talk our way out of conviction, if you ignore your own sin, you become your own God. And you become like Neb before he was converted. Uh, the 75-year-old professor, um, he was a, he's a theologian. He was, he was teaching, and a young, a, a young student came up to him and said to him, Sir, could you answer a question for me? He says, How long until you don't have to struggle with lust anymore? And uh, the professor said, sometime after 75. (laughs) In other words, you're going to deal with sin until, well, until Jesus takes you home because you live in this flesh. But because of the Holy Spirit, you can have victory over it. But you have to see that sin is not a pet to tame. It's a lion that you have to slay. You have to kill it in your life. He gives power. That's the second thing. He gives conviction of sin, and he gives power. John 7, 37 says, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink, and he who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water.'" But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believe in him would receive for the Holy Spirit has not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So the Holy Spirit comes to to flow through us in our life and to empower us. And sometimes what we really need in our life is to take another drink. You know? Take another drink of God. Take another drink of the Holy Spirit. Because... Because dealing with this while God is pushing and pulling, what it He's not wanting us to do is go, okay, just by the power of my will, I'm gonna change my life. That really doesn't work. If you have, for instance, an addiction in your life, if you have an addiction in your life, you might be able to power your way out of that addiction. But you won't power your way out of what is in you that has caused the addiction. And usually it's kind of like I, that, that uh, they used to have in, in the arcades where you had, a, you had this hammer and you'd hit this gopher, right? And it'd pop up over here. You remember that game, some of you? Um, that's what happens. That you get, you, you get free from this one, but some, something else pops up. You know? And there's always kind of this, you, you, if you go to kind of a, you, you end up at an AA meeting, uh, and you'll, you'll watch. You know, everybody's in, the, and they'll stand and say, man, I've been you know, free for a year or six months or 15 years. And then they have break, and everybody goes outside, and they're also, they got free from one addiction and went to another, right? Freedom, Jesus wants to free us. Really, he wants to free us. But if we try to do it just strictly on our own power, we're never going to be fully free. That's why we rely on the Holy Spirit. That's why we ask us. So when God is arranging things and we go, Lord, I, I really, that's a painful arrangement, you know? That's painful change. You're going to have to tear down some things. I know you want me to forgive that person, but what they did for me, to me, Lord, it's really, I don't know that I can do that. See, or Lord, I know you want me to love, you know, this person, or I know you want me to make this change in my life, whatever it might be. As I'm, I'm operating in that, I don't go, well, I'm just going to, I'll make it happen. No, I go and I say, Lord, I need your help. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, help me. The power comes from the Holy Spirit. And he helps you. John 15 tells us, But when the helper, the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. He's going to testify of me. He will help you. He helps you in all of your life. And then, fourthly, he guides you into truth. When you ask the question, What do I do now? ask it to God. Ask it to God. See, that's what it means to be, for the Holy Spirit to be fill, filled in, filling your life up. It means that you're surrendered to the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding. And the fullness of the Holy Spirit comes as you open your heart fully to him and say, fill me up. You see. Intoxicate me, Lord, with you. When the helper comes, he shall send... You send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth proceeds from the Father, and then He guides you in all truth. It says, verse 13 of ch- chapter 16 However, when the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak of Himself, His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak and He will tell you things to come. Now, this is God giving you direction, helping you see. This is the Holy Spirit giving you insight. In, in, in life, every day, if you'll take some time, and just this is just the practical application to this. Every day, if you'll just spend some time with God and, and sit in quietness, I mean, start off if it's three to five minutes, that's good. Start just in quietness and say, Lord, speak to me. One of the ways that you start to hear the Holy Spirit is in quietness, just, Lord, speak to me. I'll tell you another way, and you can add this to it, is that when you're praying, I mean, you have your list, probably. I mean, some of you, you you know, usually it's kind of like, you know, I pray for my kids, I pray for my family, you know, and you have this list. Then stop and say, Lord, guide me in my prayer. And just be quiet and And just rest and just, I just keep my eyes closed. And what will happen is God will bring people to my mind. I'm not even trying to think about it. He just brings people to my mind. And as he does that, I pray for them. And when I'm done, he usually will bring me another one and another one. And what, excuse me, what's happening is, as you start doing that, you start to listen to the Holy Spirit and you're, be, you're able to be able to recognize when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And that's how you grow in this understanding that the Holy Spirit, because as you do that, what you'll discover is that you'll be praying. And then what God wonderfully will do, and I can tell you from experience, wonderfully God will connect that you prayed with that person to an incident where it will be exposed that they needed that prayer at that exact time. And when that starts happening, you start saying, hmm, I was listening to the Holy Spirit. That was God. And you start to recognize when God is ministering, God is speaking to you. And then lastly, he brings you into intimacy with God. Now, That, the the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion with the Holy Spirit be with you all. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the triune Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, and it's, it's the Spirit of God. His own person, same essence, equal in every way. And the Holy Spirit is oftentimes the forgotten one. But it's good to recognize that the Holy Spirit is present in your life. When we gather and we worship and we glorify God, at that time, if you're open to allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to you, He will minister and He will fill you. We could just say, hey, take another drink, get it, get full of the Holy Spirit. Now, you do that because you open your mind, you open your heart without resistance, and you just say, Lord, fill me. I want more of you. Now, there's so much more. Next week, we're going to take it further in our understanding of the Holy Spirit, in how the Holy Spirit can work in our life, how to to be empowered in prayer, and how the Holy Spirit supernaturally does things. But... To, for today, I want us, as we, we close up, I want us just to be ready and open to whatever the Holy Spirit wants in us. And, and maybe you might be thinking, you know, I don't ever get any sense of God speaking to me or, or convicting me or any of that. Maybe it would be that, that a good time for you to just say, Lord Jesus... I surrender my life to you I open my heart to you I believe that you died for me you were buried and you rose again and I turn to you and I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit and God will do that right where you are God will fill you up something new can happen for you Father I thank you Holy Spirit, you've been ignored way too long. And there's been too much resistance against your work in our lives. And Lord, as a pastor and leader of this church, I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that you would forgive us, Lord, and you would fill us. You would cause our hearts to be filled with you and Lord compliant and desiring Lord more and more and more of you I pray God and for those who aren't Lord who do not know you I pray that this would be the moment and those of you out there that just say you know I I don't really know the Lord maybe this would be a time for you to just pray a simple prayer just say dear God I want to receive Jesus Christ as my savior. I want to ask you to cleanse my soul from all of my sin and help me to follow you. Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you would be Lord of my life and help me to follow you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, we're, we're going to close in worship, and, 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 and we're going we're gonna to do it this way. We're, we're going to—the um, ushers are getting ready. We're going to worship God with the gift of our hands and with our voices at the same time, okay? So they're going to hand out the bucket. Those of you who love to give in the, you know, in the offering bucket, do it that way if you want to give online. However you, you do that in your own time, do whatever you need to do before God— um, and we're going to worship and then after our first song when they're all done they're going to run back to the communion table because these guys are great and then they're going to start handing out the communion and I'm going to ask you if you want to take communion with us as the elements come just uh, take, take them and hold them and we'll take communion together okay Father, we ask you bless gift and giver in Jesus' name. Amen.